It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. You're tuned into Christian Questions. Join the conversation now on air or online at ChristianQuestions.com and download our app by searching for Christian Questions Radio. Here's Rick and Jonathan. C.S. Lewis once said, Courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at its testing point. Good morning, I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. And you're not Jonathan. I am not Jonathan. I am Kathy. Jonathan is away being courageous. <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> later. But Kathy, thanks for sitting in for Jonathan this morning. Folks, thanks you for joining us today. Uh, our program is a caller format, a uh, call-in format. We are caller friendly. So let's get started on some things. Again, Kathy, thanks for sitting in. You've been here many times before. I love being here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome. And so what's the, what's the question? What's the subject? Well, I kind of gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> Today, the question is, what does courage look like? And our theme text is taken from Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that is just plain old inspirational, that scripture. But folks, this morning we're talking about courage. Now, courage... It's an attribute that we can all envision somehow or other. We all have some kind of picture in our minds of what courage is. Courage is digging deep within to do what others won't. It is acting in spite of fear. Courage is standing up when no one else will. It is joining with others against the odds. It is facing an enemy when you are overmatched. Courage is being, doing, seeing, and thinking beyond what you thought possible. It is strength personified, perseverance in action, and focus revealed. Bottom line is courage changes things. So the big question is, great, can you and I develop courage? Can you actually make yourself more likely to be courageous? That's the question for this morning, Kath. You taught us before that you never ask a question if the answer is not yes. <laughs> well, so I can't wait to hear this. Well, and, and as usual, the, the yes answer is yes, you can learn how to be courageous. It's not something that instinctively happens to some people but not to others. It may instinctively happen to some people, but most of us are like, well, how come I don't have that instinct? You can learn what it means to be courageous, and that's what uh, this morning's program is about. And we've got some really practical applications Right from Scripture. As usual, how do you learn courage? Let's have God teach us, and then we'll learn. That sounds like a good idea. So that's what we're going to do. But before we get started with that, Kath, uh, last week we did our program, uh, our second part of the program on regret. Yes, and you have got to font list, um, subscribe to CQ Rewind to really see that program and see the tattoo. I am so <laughs> glad there was a, a picture of that in the Rewind. So, yeah, so if you don't know what we're talking about, listen to the archive and subscribe to CQ Rewind, the full edition. But toward the end of the program, we had about five minutes left. Uh, a message, an app message came in, and I honestly, I didn't see it because I was starting to focus on wrapping things up, but I wanted to address it because it's a really important question. So this came in from a listener through the uh, Christian Questions app, and they said, if 
I feel regret or I feel regret for wronging someone in the past. Do I need to personally apologize to the person I've wronged to be forgiven by God? The person doesn't know that it was me that caused a major complication in their life, and I regret it every day. That's a hard question. That's a hard question. But if you go back through that program on on working with regret, the first step is you accept the pain, and the second step is you you uh, you assume responsibility. Right. So to assume responsibility. Yeah, you really do need to tell tell the person because, look, it's something you regret and you've maybe done some kind of damage to their life. If you can assume the responsibility in a godly way and be uh, and, and be truly sorry and repentant for what you did, you can change both of your lives. It sounds like that takes courage. It does. And it's interesting and it's very fitting that the subject of courage is following the second part of the two-part series on regret. So I um, wanted to just address that question. Folks, if you do have thoughts and you want to uh, let us know, you can call us at 866-985-4255, or you can uh, send us a message through the CQ app, as is evidenced here, and we'll see if we can get to those comments uh, through our program. So, Kath, let's get started here. Let's get focused on courage. Now, look, there's several examples in the Bible about courage. We're going to begin with one because... God is very emphatic in this particular example of courage uh, that it's something that's got to be done, something that's got to be had. So let's look at Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. So God is basically telling Joshua, okay, your turn, you're up. Whoa. Yeah, and, and who's, whose place is he taking? Moses's. And Moses was the deliverer. Yes. And Moses was, in all of biblical history, one of the greatest uh, prophets of God ever. Right. So Joshua is being given the job to take to, to fill Moses' shoes now that he's dead. And yet Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promised land. Because so it's even, I think it would be more daunting. Right. So God is telling Joshua, hey, I've got your back, but you need to be strong and courageous. And he doesn't tell him just once. He tells him three times to be strong and courageous. We're going to get into that as, as the program unfolds. So just a little bit of a background on Joshua, just a little bit of historical background so we know who he is. Joshua, whose name signifies deliverer or savior, became Israel's leader, and under him they won great victories and actually entered the land promised in the covenant. 
At the time of his taking Moses' place, he was in his 83rd year, yet full of vigor and evidently the best qualified man for the position. That's kind of interesting. He's 83 years old and he's given his job to lead the people. And, uh, and apparently very, very, like, he, like, like the commentary says, very vigorous because he led them into battle several times and mm-hmm. they were very victorious. So Joshua was cut out for this position. We're going to get into a little bit more of Joshua as we go through the program. Uh, and, but the key is he is taking the position of somebody who was looked upon with great respect and reverence by the people. Right. And how do you step into those shoes? You need courage. You need courage. So at the beginning of, of, of this, God is talking to Moses in Joshua 1, like you just read. In verse 6, it says, be strong and courageous. So that's kind of the theme that we want to focus on this morning. Be strong and courageous. Two things, Kathy. First of all, when you say be strong and courageous, obviously being strong and courageous are two different things. You know, you wouldn't necessarily think that until you said it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because a lot of times, I think a lot of times we think about courage in terms of strength. Yes, okay. okay. But they're different. So let's figure out, or let's begin to figure out, how it is that they're different, strength and courage, and how it is that we can, or that you need to have both of these to accomplish really great things. So so let's define them. What does it mean to be strong according to the Old Testament word that's used there? To fasten upon, hence to seize, be strong. All right, to fasten upon. When somebody is strong, when you lock on to something, we have physically or mentally. You know, that's that's a symbol of strength. Okay. Can you think of an example? Well, you know, when you when you think of somebody, um, you you tell somebody w- w- when they're having a a, a a difficult time, get a grip. <laughs> it, what you're saying to them is be strong. Okay. Okay. Um, when you mentally lock onto something and you understand something and and you, you you're working on it, that's strength. Physically, when you think of somebody who's strong, you think of somebody who, who's you know got got the, the, the physique that goes with it right. and all that, and right. they're able to hold on and, and, and to you know have an iron grip. Okay. So be strong. It can be physical or mental. Okay, but okay. that's not enough. No, that's the point. That's not enough. Okay. Courageous. God says to, to Joshua, be strong and courageous. What does it mean to be courageous? To be alert physically, on foot, or mentally encourage so that doesn't tell you a lot no it doesn't you know when we think of courage you think of that definition and say be alert I, that's it <laughs> <laughs> i could be courageous by being alert <laughs> but there's so much more to it because courage actually comes from the heart and we're going to we're going to discover that in, in a few minutes so the difference between being strong and courageous we're going to have to develop that but first i want to go to a <laughs> I, just because you know, a lot of times when people hear the word courage, especially if you're if you're kind of our age, I know I'm a little okay. older than you, but you know, you go back in your mind and you think of of those who've used the word in a specific way. One of those individuals, well, a fictitious individual, is the cowardly lion from the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so let's just go back to the cowardly lion in the Wizard of Oz and the subject of courage. Your Majesty, if you were king, you wouldn't be afraid of anything? Not nobody! Not know-how! Not even a rhinoceros? Imposterous! How about a hippopotamus? Why, I'd trash him from top to bottomless! Supposing you met an elephant? 
I'd wrap him up in cellophane. What if it were a brontosaurus? I'd show him who was king of the forest. How? How? Courage. <laughs> that one word in that context, I think, has probably been repeated through the years more than most others. Courage. You know, that, that sense of, of he's... Well, we'll get back to that. Anyway, just to sort of put you in the mode for thinking about the word. Courage, the cowardly lion there. So here's the thing. Without courage, strength is good. Strength is important. But it is merely an attribute that can seize upon and hold something, either in a physical sense or an intellectual sense. What does that mean? Well, just like we were talking about, when you have strength, you can hold on to something. Mental strength, there's a principle that you, you see is, is, is right, and you're going to hold on to it. You're going okay. to grip it, and you're going you're to sell yourself out to it. Okay. And that's a good thing. That's Is it an courage. action verb or not so much? Well, there's an action, because, but I think it's internal action. Okay. It's the internal action of really grabbing a hold of something, you know, from, from scriptures. You, you realize, you know, we, we look at the scriptures and we see God, God is love. Even, mm-hmm. and, and the scriptures, and, and some people talk about, you know, burning hell, and we don't believe there's a burning hell. We hold on to that. Okay. Because the scriptures don't teach it, and we're not letting it go. That's okay. strength. That's right. good, okay? Right. Well, now, strength is necessary. It's an important attribute, but it's limited in its reach. Strength doesn't necessarily reach outside of ourselves. It's sort of internal. Courage, oh. courage, on the other hand, is driven of the heart, and is a, it's necessary to act on one's strength to be able to apply that strength to the challenges and tragedies of life. So courage is strength personified. It's strength that comes out of you. You have to have the strength before you show the courage. Okay, so strength can be for yourself, but courage has the benefit, you know, others benefit from it. Right, right. Courage is meaningless unless it's something outward. Strength is meaningful when it's inward. Okay. Okay. All right. I like that delineation. Okay. Just real quick before the break, just a couple of scriptures that talk about strength and courage together other than Joshua. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes. Wait for the Lord. And Psalm 31, 24. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who hope in the Lord. So strength and courage belong together. Strength is good, strength is great, but it's not fulfilled unless there is courage that is behind it and making it work. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan, here with Rick. Today we're discussing, what does courage look like? Coming up, there is a secret to having courage. Find out what it is next. You're listening to Christian Questions. You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan, here with Rick. Our subject today is, What does courage look like? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com. 
com. So we're talking about courage, and at the end of the last segment, we mentioned strength and courage, while different, work really well together, and strength is much more internal. Yeah, courage is external. To 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 have courage, we we can we can ha- be courageous in character, but to express courage is always something external. Okay. So we got to figure out well where does it come into play? Do we come to a point and say ah it's time for me to be courageous? <laughs> I mean it sounds like a cartoon or something, you know? Uh, how does it all work? We're gonna we're gonna get to that in a moment. Let's go to another soundbite though first. Um, this is from a TED talk, uh, Michael Crouch. And he's talking about the cost of courage. And we're just going to use this one small soundbite from his talk because it, it talks about, it gives us a sense of, of what courage, what's inside of courage. And so I want to talk to you about what courage looks like. When Gary Matai won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2004, and she said, there is no courage without conviction. The root of courage is core, and in Latin that means heart. So there is no courage without conviction, without heart, without a purpose. And I think that touches on something very, very, very important. The, the, in Latin, the word core means heart. And courage really is a heart application of strength that's external. Okay. So, I'll, I'll, okay, I know. <laughs> Cassie's going to say, okay, you didn't make sense there. Okay, hang on. We'll, we'll get to it, all right? All right. Going back to Joshua. Let's go back to Joshua, the Joshua 1 scripture. Let's take it apart a little bit and see what it tells us about how courage works. So, and here's the thing. There, there's a process. You know, Kathy, one of the things that, that personally I have discovered and appreciated by, by studying the Bible is it tells us how to do pretty much anything we need to do. And it always gives us a process. And all you got to do is look to find it because the process is there. Just you got to read it and think about it. So that's what we're going to do this morning with courage. So we've been saying courage is external. Right. So for courage to present itself, what does it require? What does it need? An opportunity. Okay. Is there a leadership void that needs filling? Are there enough voices to stand against the tide? Is there a situation in your personal life that needs to be addressed in, in a very different kind of way. It, is there an opportunity that comes up that requires courage? And the answer is yes, all the time in our Christian lives. Absolutely. There yes. are lots of little opportunities for courage, and there's some occasional big opportunities for courage. So here's the thing. Joshua was given an opportunity. Let's go back to Joshua 1, uh, verses 1 and 2. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. All right. So now there's an opportunity here. Moses died. There's a leadership void. Somebody has to step in. And God says to Moses, you. Yeah, you, I'm talking to you. You're the man. Okay, but I can't relate to that. There's, you know, not too many of us have to 
are going to be in this. Ex- well, and this is a very dramatic example of courage. You're right. Okay, so how can you, you know, I, I can't help but think of, of people, young people growing up, deciding what do you want to be when you grow up. And I think that when, I love this. The first question you have to ask yourself is, what opportunities are in the world? What, where is there a void? You know. Well, maybe. okay. Now, now the void. Let, let, let's talk about that for a second because there's lots of small examples, lots of small opportunities in our lives that we probably overlook on a regular basis. For okay. instance, in 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 the realm of morality, we live mm-hmm. in a very immoral world in a very immoral society, and Christianity is basically looked down upon in our society now. That's true. There are multiple opportunities for courage to stand up for true principle and and morality. Now, not that you go pick a fight, but just stand for something. Say something, uh, and and, and that requires courage. Now, so something small. You know, when when you're a kid, a a small child, Mm -hmm. small, seven, eight, nine years old in that that area. Think about my grandson. You know, in, in his world... When things, you know, kids are playing and somebody does something that's not quite right, mm-hmm. are you going to teach your child to say, wait a minute, that wasn't right? That's courage. Mm-hmm. But they have to have the opportunity comes up. You have to be able to recognize it. And, and we're going to get into the other um, aspects of it in a few minutes. Opportunity is just the start. Okay. So lots of little opportunities for courage. Okay. okay. And how do we apply them? How do we recognize them? We'll get to that when we get to the, the other phases of, of courage. So, so the elements of Joshua's opportunity for courage here, there, there's several things. First of all, the first point is what? It's pretty simple. Moses, God's standard bearer, was now dead. Okay. There's the void in leadership. Somebody has to step in. So the second point then, Joshua was well prepared for the responsibility. God didn't just, you know, sort of thumb through his Rolodex file of <laughs> guys in Israel say, yeah, Joshua looks like he might fit the bill. Let's go back to a little bit more commentary and history on Joshua's role to okay. see how he was, he was really molded for this. But while Joshua could not be Moses, the leader, commander, lawgiver, he was faithful as a follower of Moses, as one who obeyed the divine law and whose faith and influence with the people were helpful to them. Joshua's training as general assistant, private secretary, etc. to Moses made him familiar with the divine plans and methods to him was entrusted the command of the people in their first battle. It was Joshua who went with Moses into Mount Sinai. It was he who led one of the companies of spies, who brought back a good report and who courageously stood with Moses in advising that the people have faith in God and proceed to conquer and possess the promised land. So... Joshua had a lot of experience that molded him to take such a great big role. And he did prove himself in yes. that one instance yes. to be courageous. Right. And and he constantly stood with Moses. Okay. So, you know, when you said, well, I can't relate to that. Well, most of us can't because most of us are not in that position of being the assistant to the great, great leader. We're just not. So it's it's understandable that you can't relate to it and I can't relate to it. But Joshua was molded, and now when it came time, it wasn't like, you know, God says to Joshua, okay, I need you to do this, and Joshua says, okay, God, I've got this, you know, I'm I'm experienced, I'm just ready to go. I mean, it's scary, and that was what made Joshua so good for the task, is 
his need to be told by God to be strong and courageous. Okay. I think that shows... I can relate to that. Right, because that shows he had humility. Okay. It shows that he wasn't saying, yeah, I, you know, it's about time the old man died so I can take <laughs> over. I mean, there wasn't any of that. There was a real sense of humility and God giving him direction and him following God's direction. Okay. All right? So that's... So, so then that brings us to this next point. Joshua was seasoned already. To take on big roles of, of, of courage like that, there has to be a seasoning. There has to be a growing of strength beforehand. So Joshua was seasoned. And another couple lines of commentary on, on, on Joshua's background. He must have been either the oldest man in all the nation or next to the oldest. For only himself and Caleb of all the nation that were above 20 years of age at the Exodus remained alive. So remember that and you think about that and that's true. So mm-hmm. he's the either the senior guy in all of the nation or the second oldest. Don't know who was older, Joshua or Caleb. But they're the only two that remained uh, um, of the adults from the Exodus. Okay. So after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, the generation had changed over, and this new generation knew Joshua as the guy with Moses. Okay. So putting him into this role was not unusual. It seemed quite logical, and God had prepared him all of that time, throughout that 40 years. Okay. Folks, if you have a thought, we're talking about courage and how do you develop courage and wh- what, what makes courage work in your lives. Our number is 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. And that means we're on right now. And our website is christianquestions.com. And you can also contact us by the app right this minute. That's right. If you have a comment, a thought, question, uh, you can certainly send it in on your Christian Questions app. And if you don't have the app, then what are you waiting for? It's free. It is free, and it's for your smartphone and either Android or or Apple. Just go get it. Go get yourself one. Okay. So Joshua, you know, Moses had died. Joshua was prepared. Joshua was seasoned. Let's talk about us because we don't get the opportunity most of us anyway, to take over that big, 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 big leadership role. Right. But for most of us, what, what are the elements of our opportunities for courage? And this is kind of getting to what your question was earlier. Okay. How do, how do I relate this to me and my opportunities and my little life? Well, the first point, Jesus died and led us to follow his footsteps. That's an opportunity for courage because the following of the footsteps of Jesus is no easy task. And it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, Luke nine twenty three to 24. And he was saying to all of them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. So Jesus is saying, take up your cross daily and follow me. Now, the symbol of a cross back then, I mean, Jesus was still obviously alive when he's speaking these words. Yes. The symbol of a cross was a symbol of, of horror to the average person. They knew what it was like to be crucified. Right. The Romans did it all the time. And it was a symbol of, of shame, mm-hmm. of torture, and eventually death. So Jesus is saying to them, essentially... If you're going to follow me, you're going to have to take up your cross. You're going to have to be willing to face shame, 
torture, and eventually death. That takes courage. And the kind of courage it takes, Kathy, is the courage that is applied every single day. It's the courage in the little things that teaches us how to have courage in the big things. That's how we apply courage to ourselves. So we have opportunities for courage. Now, we saw Joshua being well prepared, right? Yeah. Years and years of being Moses' assistant. I think it was Moses' assistant for, I don't know, 20, oh no, or, or he, he, he ruled for 27 years after. Anyway, long time. Our preparation, our preparation for our courage is, begins with our lack of preparation. I don't even know what that means. Well, okay, well, let's read 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 31. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world, and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are. Okay, so pause there for a second. Now, when you look at yourself in the context of that description, how does that make you feel? <laughs> it's probably a good summation. <laughs> <laughs> but see, you know, you're looking at that and you're saying, wow. You know, God's not pick. He's not going through his Rolodex and picking out the best candidates. Well, he used to. He picked out Moses and Joe's, Joshua and and these strong, courageous leaders. So you say, okay, well, how come he's not picking out the best candidates? But the, and the answer is, but he is. See, that's the key. But he is because the qualifications are. Let's finish with the verse now. Back to First Corinthians one, uh, verses twenty nine to thirty one. So that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So the qualifications are good. And he's saying, I want those of you who don't think so highly of yourselves that I'm not going to be able to guide you and lead you. I want those of you who ha- are faulty, who have fallen down, who, who maybe don't know everything, who are not looked at by, by the rest of the world with the greatest of respect because you're the ones I can work with. Mm. So our preparation begins with our lack of preparation. It really does. That's humility to know that. So everybody is included in being able to learn the courage to follow Christ. See, that's the, the, the key of this. You know, you just got a message in from the app, and it says, in a way we can relate to Joshua if we see ourselves as assistants to Christ in his cause. So in the assistant stage, yeah, we can, because you're helping. You're helping Christ in his cause. You're helping something bigger and better than yourself. But our preparation is in our humility and our lack of preparation. And that's the beautiful thing. God can do it his way in our lives that way. Our seasoning is developed in our walk with Jesus, John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. So what you're seeing there is, look, it's going to be tough for you, but Jesus is saying, don't worry. I've already walked the walk, I've already talked the talk, and I will show you how. How what? I will show you how to be courageous in your everyday life. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan, here with Rick. Today we're discussing, what does courage look like? Coming up, what is internal or external and needs strength 
and courage. And red all over? No, no, no. Just kidding. <laughs> Find out next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Cause I feel You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject today is, what does courage look like? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com. And in our last segment, Kathy, we were talking about our preparation is in our lack of preparation. It says not many wise, not many noble. You know, you're not going to be picked by the rest of the world. It's like, it's like you know, being on the playground and being picked last to be on the team. <laughs> That's, those are the ones God wants. <laughs> Got a message from the app uh, through the app. It says, uh, not many noble. Wasn't Moses the meekest man on the earth? And yeah, he was. And that's why he was so fit to take on such amazing responsibility. I mean, he not only led them out through all the miracles of the plagues and all of that, he received the law. That changed the world. Wow. So, yeah. good good comment. Keep those uh, comments on the app coming. We really appreciate them. So, okay, opportunities in place. Now, what do you do with the opportunity? You have to have the objective. You've got to know what you're supposed to do with the opportunity. What do I do? What must be done or what must be said or what must be changed that requires courage? God tells Joshua exactly what must be done. Let's go back to Joshua 1, verses 3 to 4. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Just as I spoke to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. All right, so there is a crystal clear objective. God says to Joshua, I got a job for you. You're the man. Here's what the job is. Okay. Courage to be recognizable has to have an objective. And for Joshua, that objective was twofold. First, Israel needed a leader. That was obvious. And second, they needed that leader to literally take them to the promised land. You know, that's a phrase that everybody always, oh, this is going to bring us to the promised land. Well, Joshua literally took Israel to the promised land. So it was a very specific, clear-cut objective. This is what it's going to require from you. And God, again, tells Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. So it's not just something that you're going to be able to do and it's going to be easy. He's telling Joshua, you have got to be ready for this. So the objective of our, our courage now has many facets. Some are internal, some are external, and all require the combination of strength and courage. And, you know, in, in dealing with our personal lives, Kathy, we were talking during the break about sometimes there's something inside of us that needs to change. Yes. We're afraid of something or, or uh, we've, there's a weakness that we we're trying to work on. And so many people today suffer from depression yeah. and anxiety and panic. And to me, those are scary things. And, so. and they take great courage to deal with. Mm. Great courage to deal with. So 
how do you do that? Well, you've got to understand the pieces of courage. So stay with us if you're struggling with those things because that's how this all comes around. Let's let's change gears for a second um, before we go to the phones. Let's go to a verse of a song uh, from Casting Crowns. The, 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 the song is called Courageous. Now, this is a song that's really designed for fathers, Christian fathers to man up and be the father that they're supposed to be. Hmm. But it's all about courage. This is very, very clear inspiration about recognizing what our opportunity is and what our objective is. So let's listen to this. We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. That just sends chills up your spine. Oh, it makes me cry. I love that line. We are watchers on the sidelines as our families slip away. Yeah, it's like we were made to be warriors and now we're watchers. What happened? What did happen? Well, what happened is you allow society to chip away at what you think is sacred and you don't even realize it. Little by little, we tolerate and we tolerate and we tolerate. And as we tolerate things, we lose the focus of our stand. And as we lose the focus of our stand, we lose our courage. Mm. How do you nip that in the bud? How do you recognize? You know, you just run ahead all the time. Sorry, okay. <laughs> okay, we have a call though. <laughs> yes, we do. We have a call. We, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of things <laughs> to cover here. The, the key thing here, though, is the objective. Let's focus on the idea. Is the objective of our courage? What we have to define what it is that we have to be courageous about. In that song, it was about fathers being strong examples of Christ likeness in their own families. Clear-cut objective. Let's go to the phones. We have Arlene, I think, from Connecticut. Good morning, Arlene. Welcome to Christian Questions. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, My question is, I volunteer at a memory care residence in Rhode Island. Yes. And um, all of the patients have dementia or Alzheimer's, and their friends and relatives tell me I am very courageous to go and visit. They will not go and visit because the relatives don't recognize them, and sometimes they get combative and things like that. So how do I encourage their friends and relatives, since I'm the only one and I'm just a friend of the people, how do I encourage these people to be courageous and visit their relatives in memory care? You know, that's a, that's a really good question. And if you take the principles of, of our conversation, so Arlene, uh, is that, that the sum total of your comment there, that question? Basically, and it's it's 
it's kind of irritating when they tell me how <laughs> courageous I am, and I'm just a friend, and these are relatives and friends of them for years, and they will never go in and visit these people. And the people in the Alzheimer's unit ask me where their brothers and sisters are and uh, friends that are not coming to see them, and I don't have the answer for these people. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's a really good question, and I'm going to address that question as we go through the program, because as we lay out the different aspects of courage, you're saying, how can I encourage them to, to do that? And I think the answer comes through several different things. So... Um, Good question. Thanks. We're going to answer it as we go. Thank you so much. God right. bless. You Bye-bye. too. Really practical question. Okay. That's a good question. Courage is lacking. How do you help people? First of all, they have an opportunity. Yes. And then you have to decide what their objective is going to be. What's their objective going to be? Is their objective going to be to go there so they can feel good? Or is it to go there to try to add something to the life of somebody whose life is confused and drifting away? And if you can decide that my objective is outside of me, it's for them, that's the beginning of the process for helping them to have courage. But that's only the beginning. Okay? Yeah. We'll it, take- I really like that, and I, I appreciate that. And when you say objective, I think in my mind I translate that. What is my goal? Right. And my goal is sometimes to honor mother and father. Right. You know, and to remember the love that person showed you. And right. now to... To show love in return. Right. So where do you get the strength for that? See, that'll come in the second hour. So, so Arlene, stay with us because it's a great practical question. So, so Kathy, and, uh, folks, it's 866-985-4255 if you would like to um, uh, ask a question, leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Got another comment on the app. says, Kathy, you're doing good. <laughs> Uh, uh, hugs from uh, Doug and Julie enjoying with Jonathan and Jewel. Jonathan and Jewel are out in Chicago right now, and they're at Doug and Julie's house. Julie is our chief rewinder for the program, and they're all listening together. So uh, way to go, girl. And I uh, got pictures of Jonathan yesterday from Julie. He is um, doing improv as a hot dog. <laughs> And I need permission to um, post those on Twitter. I think that our Twitter followers would really like to see those pictures of Jonathan. Uh, looking like a hot dog? Yes. Okay. Well, Jonathan, you're going to have to give us permission for that. Anyway, let's get back to courage. I don't know if that's going to take courage or foolishness. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> the objective of our courage uh, is to have soldier-like devotion. Now, this is for us personally. You can't try and apply this to somebody else. You have to apply this to yourself. And remember, wherever there is courage, there is strength first. Second Timothy 2, 1-4. to First is the strength. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Okay, so you've got strength. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ. Okay, it's internal. Get yourself fortified and ready. Get the strength together. Now comes the courage. Verse 3. Suffer hardship with me. See, there it is. There's courage. Suffer hardship. That's something external with me. Paul is saying, live like I live. Put yourself outside of yourself. That takes courage. As a good soldier of Christ Jesus... No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Okay. 
That's one aspect, soldier-like devotion. The net, another objective of our courage, and there are several. We're just going to list a few here. And we're not even going to have time for all of them. But Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Again, it's sacrificial nonconformity. We are not supposed to conform to this world like that song was teaching us. Mm-hmm. Okay, about, let, you know, we were made to be courageous, to stand out against the tide of the world. Sacrificial nonconformity starts with strength. Romans 12.1 I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Okay, so you've got the strength. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That, that's an internal decision. You've got to decide, okay, I've, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present my body as a living sacrifice. How do I do that? Verse 2 is where the courage comes in. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do you present your body a living sacrifice? By not being conformed to that which is around you that is not godly and righteous. These both to me, though, sound like kind of minor objectives. What is the, is there a big objective umbrella that you're that's going to remind you every day why <laughs> well the big objective umbrella is to be christ-like i mean that's that's the objective of our life we can't change the world around us but we can influence the world around us to okay positively influence requires courage our courage has to come from the right places for the right reasons and in the second hour we're going to get into the source of the strength for our courage. We're almost out of time for this segment. We wanted to go into a little bit about the, 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 the three Hebrews and the fiery furnace. Yes. Can't touch on that now. It'll be in Seeker Rewind, the full edition. The object of our courage, though, it, it, another object is blessing through trial. Let's quickly go to First uh, Peter four twelve to 14. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing. Now, here comes the strength. As though some strange thing were happening to you, but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ... takes strength to have that, so now here comes the courage. Keep on rejoicing, so that also, at the revelation of His glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. <laughs> quick, quick ending. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, if you have put yourself out in a courageous fashion so that people persecute you, pursue you, make fun of you, do whatever it is they do, because of the name of Christ, you've expressed yourself in a courageous way. People don't normally do that unless they have the strength first. So we see that courage needs opportunity and it needs an objective. It needs to know what it's supposed to accomplish. Lots of objectives, both large and small in our lives. In the second hour, we're going to get into all of the strength and the power behind true, godly courage. So stay with us for that, for Kathy and Rick and Christian Questions. Lots more to talk about in the second hour. What does courage look like? We'll be back after the news. But till then, think about it. It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. You're tuned into Christian Questions. Join the conversation now on air or online at ChristianQuestions.com and download our app by searching for Christian Questions Radio. Here's Rick and Jonathan. 
Billy Graham once said, Courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a different perspective. Sitting in for Jonathan here with me today is Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Hello, Rick. And today we're talking about what does courage look like? Our theme text is taken from Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that is, again, we mentioned it in the first hour, that's a, a truly inspirational scripture uh, talking about courage and saying, look, God is with you wherever you go. But there are conditions for God to be with you wherever you go. And part of those conditions is what we build our strength and courage upon, and that's what we're talking about today. So um, before we get to the recap of the first hour in terms of courage, uh, I just want to go back to... Well, this just makes me laugh. Every time I think of it, it just it makes me smile. You know, oftentimes when we think of the word courage, there's for many of us, there's the image of the cowardly lion from the Wizard of Oz, you know, talking about courage. And and you know, his his sense of courage. We played a small clip in the in the in the first hour. I just want to go back to that where he does his little his little talk on, you know, how important courage is. So just let's listen to the cowardly lion and his take on courage. Courage. What makes a king out of a slave? Courage. What makes the flag on the mast away? Courage. What makes the elephant charge his tusk in the misty mist or the dusky dusk? What makes the muskrat guard his musk? Courage. What makes the sphinx the seventh wonder? Courage. What makes the dawn come up like thunder? What puts the ape in apricot? I mean, come on. <laughs> and you know, Courage. some of that was a little difficult to understand, but it will be all written out for you to read in the rewind this week. So subscribe to that and you can get that. If you haven't already, at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. All right, so you can rewind the full edition. Subscribe now. It's again another another free service. But you know, it, it, it's funny to listen to to it because he doesn't have courage, but he wants courage, and that's the way so many of us are. So often we don't have it, but we want it. But are we willing to do the things necessary? to develop courage. What do we have to do? Right. Well, and that's that's the question. What do you have to do? Cuz courage does not come to you via UPS. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, but oh Amazon look, it's courage. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's recap a little bit of the first hour. First of all, for courage to surface, it requires the right elements to be in place. First, strength be it of a physical or mental nature, is needed to feed courage. Strength by itself doesn't produce courage, but strength is really necessary. It's part of what makes us up internally. We have to be strong for courage to happen. Strength by itself doesn't produce courage. It merely produces an environment for courage to shine. Next, courage needs an opportunity. Like with Joshua, the opportunity came when Moses died and they needed leadership. Courage needs some kind of a vital void that cries to be filled. What is our our Christian opportunity then? Well, the Christian opportunity would be what? To follow in, in, in Jesus' footsteps. Okay. What else? To become Christ-like. To become Christ-like. 
like. So to, to put yourself in a position where your life is different than it was, where you live by different principles than you did. Okay, so Courage. that goes on to the next, the next uh, step there. The objective. Right. Beyond filling this void of, uh, you know, opportunity, courage needs an objective, something specific cur- that needs action. Okay. So for our focus, yes. it is to become Christ-like, to become full of love, motivated by love and sacrifice. And, and our opportunity is Our life. opportunity is everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. Christians should be looking every day for opportunities of courage in Christ. Okay, so moment by moment, what you think about, you have to be strong and courageous, what you do, what you say, where you go, and that touches on Arlene's question. Yes, yeah, and we're going to be filling in with Arlene's question as we go. So let's go a little bit further now before we go to the phones. Let's introduce the next piece of the puzzle, if you will, for courage. With opportunity and objective clear, which we talked about in the first hour, courage now needs a power source. Where does the strength come from to stand firm? Because courage is about standing firm. Courage is not uh, is about not being moved when everything else is getting swept away. How do you do that? Well, to find out, let's go back to Joshua chapter 1, because God tells Joshua what his power source is supposed to be. Let's read verses 5 and 6 of Joshua 1. This is my favorite part, by the way. Let's go for it. Okay. Excuse me. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. So, in a word, or a couple of words, what is the power source that Joshua is being given? God. Exactly. One word. He's saying it. And, and, and you emphasized it very well. I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will give your, the, the people the land. It's me, God. I'm just working through you. So, if we focus in our mind and and grab hold of that take the strength to grab hold god is with me right how do you not feel strong and courageous then and so and that's a good point how do you not feel strong and courageous now how do you act strong and courageous because mm. the feeling is the first part okay okay i got this yeah okay. i i got a sense of it but okay. how do you do it let's we're going to develop that as we go a little bit further but okay. here's the thing God is specific in his power and promise to Joshua. God is very specific. Who's behind you, Joshua? Me. Mm. Do you have to worry? No. Why? Because I, God, stand behind you. That's the kind of, of, of assurance that the scriptures give us in terms of our Christianity. It's just, it's just different because it's New Testament versus Old Testament. But the same thing. Jesus stands with us. He stands behind us, and it is all for the glory of God in, in heaven. So God was with, with Joshua specifically because um, Joshua was prepared. Mm-hmm. But our preparation is we start with nothing. Right. So we don't have to be afraid either because God will prepare us. He will show us. How would you say it? He fills in the void of what we don't have. And he's saying, uh-huh. I don't want those of you who have the greatest 
personal talents and the greatest personal recognition amongst the world. I want those who have less so I can fill in those voids so they that you always rely on me. That's okay. what it really boils down to. Let, let's go to the phones. We have Julius from Connecticut on the line. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions. Uh, good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Yes. Uh, Kathy... <laughs> you have courage. You have I'm courage. I'm on live radio. <laughs> I appreciate your courage uh, to. Uh, it's not easy to be on live radio, but there you go. The opportunity is presented to you, and you have the courage to uh, take advantage of it. Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to go there. You, we looked at my notes. How, <laughs> you know, going back to the internal, external, and it, it's a circle. Internal, external, but going back to the internal, where does it come from? Of course, from God. And the, another example, which you just uh, mentioned, the Lord Jesus, when he sent out the, uh, the 12 and the 70 in the uh, Matthew 6 chapter and uh, 10th chapter there, he says, don't worry, I will, I will help you to uh, speak before even uh, when you be, you know, before magistrates or whatever. I'll be there with you. So it's it's all it's all on the object, the objective to serve. It uh, it uh, activates that courage within us. Just one quick comment on Arlene. Yes. For her uh, own uh, encouragement, I, I I've been through that uh, sort of a situation. Uh, she should take courage that those around her that you know they don't uh, you know help out like they should. She is an example. She is a model. They should be satisfying to her, and God sees that. Thank you, and God bless. Thanks, Julie. Thank you. We appreciate it. Good day. All right. So, so you know, he brought up Arlene's question, and we need to 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 relate that question to this to this part of our discussion. But he's just going to give it another minute before we do that. Um, so, so thank you, Julie, for 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 that input. So, so Kathy, what we have is God being specific in giving us giving Joshua the power source and we are therefore being given specific source of power as well and you know it, it's it's hard to to put your arms around well okay god's my power source <laughs> yeah but well where is it you know when when the, when your computer's battery starts to die you can change the battery it's it's tangible mm-hmm. when you say god's my power source well where do you get that it's hard sometimes to wrap your arms around want to touch on an example another example of courage from the old testament we're not going to read through it we won't have time in this segment but gideon was another great example of of courage uh, but he also needed a lot of reassurance you know an angel appears to gideon this is in judges chapter 6 and basically says oh gideon you know you're going to be the man and and you know gideon's response is well what do you mean you know, I'm the least in my whole entire family. Yeah, and you know, our, our, our nation's falling apart. Where are the promises? What's going on here? Right. So the angel has got to walk Gideon through finding his courage. And so he gives Gideon, there, there are signs that are given to Gideon throughout his, his, his experience before he takes the 300 and goes and conquers the Midianites. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're, they're 10,000 man army or 20,000, whatever it was, with 300. And in one of the verses in, in, in Judges 6, in verse 16, you see where I am down there, verse 16, the underlined yes. verse? Go ahead. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. So 
the message from God, again, is very specific. Don't worry. I will be with you. I'm going to make you do the work, but I'm behind you. And he's, he's instilling courage into Gideon. Gideon already had strength, and he's instilling courage into him. God is specific as to the source of the power of Gideon's newly discovered courage. But it was new. Gideon needed assurance, and sometimes we do too. Because so when you say, "Well, God's my power source; everything's great," eh, we need assurance. <laughs> you, you need more than that, right? Was Gideon courageous? Yes, but was he human? Yes, and that's why he had some doubts. It's okay to have doubts. It's all right to have doubts. But he went back to God to right. to have them reassured. He didn't go to his his neighbors and his friends. He went back to God and said, "Reassure me." Right. Right, and, and that's part of what we need to do. In 1 Corinthians 10.13, we need that assurance. It says God is faithful. He'll not allow us to be tempted beyond that which we are able. That's a promise. That's an assurance. And God's the one that knows what we're able. And so he'll give us the, the right experiences based on that. And how often it has to happen in your life where you are able to cope with more than you thought. Right. And God knew that, mm -hmm. stretched you beyond your own perceived limitations, and supported you through that experience. Yes. Courage. Yes. We have the same kinds of assurances given to us that the Old Testament heroes had given to them. They're just given in a slightly different way. And sometimes our courage is uh, found in very, very different ways than they would have found in the Old Testament. God's not telling us. He's not talking in our ear not in the same way no but he's talking to us through the scriptures right okay um winston churchill said that fear is a reaction courage is a decision i love that and that's where we have to be and just very quickly before the break you know in arlene's question here we're talking about the power source when she's talking to these individuals who are afraid to go to to visit their relatives you got a question okay what are they relying on See, they're relying on their own strength. They're right. looking at it from their, from their own personal perspective. They need to be looking at it from the perspective of something larger, of being able to encourage those who need the encouragement outside of what is it going to do to me, what am I afraid of, am I willing to act anyway? We'll have to develop that a little bit further because time is up for this segment. So it's, uh, it's a matter of looking at things in perspective. What's your source of power for your courage? This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Today we're discussing, what does courage look like? Coming up, what is the one thing that produces true, deep, focused, enduring courage and costs less than 1999? Stay with us. You're listening to Christian Questions. You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject today is, what does courage look like? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. 
And our website is ChristianQuestions.com, soon to be all brand new. you got to stay tuned for that. That's right. All come right around the corner, right around the corner, and we will start podcasting uh, in just a few weeks as well, which is another really cool thing. Um, all right. So, Kathy, let's get down to focusing on this like we haven't been trying to focus on it all <laughs> the whole time. But, you know, we just talked about having a power source. Yeah. And that's great. It's great to have a power source, but it's not enough to have a power source. We have to do is learn how to keep the power source powerful all the time. Yes. How do you do that? Well, good thing that you asked that question <laughs> because God, in his preparation of Joshua, answered that question in a very clear, unbelievably specific way. Okay, so the next aspect of courage on top of opportunity and objective and a power source is lifetime courage needs endurance, keeping that power going, you know, like the Energizer Bunny. It just never stops, okay? How does one maintain the strength for a long and hard battle? Joshua was given the secret for attaining enduring courage. And I I, want to focus Arlene specifically, if she's still listening, on this part of the the program because I think there's a a big part here that helps to apply in in, in the practicality of being courageous in your everyday life. First, let's go back to Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. And here God is again telling Joshua something he's already told him. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. So God had already told Joshua once, be strong and courageous. And it's interesting, before this, Moses, before he died, was preparing Joshua. And he told Joshua several times, be strong and courageous. So, I mean, Joshua is hearing this. This time, though, when God tells Joshua, he says something a little bit different. He tells him how. And he also says, be strong and very courageous. courageous. What does it mean to be very courageous? Vehemently. All right. So, God, Joshua has been told a hundred times. Okay, all right, I get it. I'm supposed to be strong and courageous. This time God says, be strong and very courageous. So God is showing Joshua, okay, here's the key of the matter. To be very courageous, what I'm about to tell you is the most important thing. So what what does God tell Joshua? To meditate and read the law day and night. To have it never leave his lips. To have it in his heart, in his mind, have it permeate his very being so that every action he takes is in accordance with God's will. That's how you create enduring courage. And so that's the same for us? Yes, it is absolutely the same for us. The secret for Joshua, the secret for us to lead a life of enduring courage was to immerse himself and ourselves in the word of God. It was to ever be his companion, to ever be with him, spoken by him, and to ever work through him. And our life, 
our lifetime courage needs endurance as well. So we need exactly what Joshua needed. The advantage we have is we don't just have the Old Testament law. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament and the experiences and the fellowship and all of those other things that can help us have courage that never goes away. And the Holy Spirit. And absolutely the Holy Spirit, God's power and influence working in our every single day. And, and the Apostle Paul is teaching, teaches this principle over and over again. Let's look at 2 Timothy two, fourteen to 16. Remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. So if we don't read, think, rehearse, speak, act, and live scripture, how can we have true, deep, focused, and abiding courage? See, look, courage can be applied in a lot of different ways, on a lot of different levels, by a lot of different people. All acts of courage are not righteous. Ooh, that's a good distinction. All acts of courage are not godly. All acts of courage are not even good. Hmm. The key is the courage that we are to have in our lives is supposed to be good and righteous and godly and scriptural. And the only way you know is if you are immersed in the word of God. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And that's what Joshua was, was, was told. Okay. So that's what our job is. Now, now let's take this and, and say practice because you can't, you know, like be reading. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day about people you know, texting, how, how popular texting has become. Yes. And do you know that in the emergency room now, there are many more injuries for people walking into telephone poles and things <laughs> because they're not looking where they're going. They're walking into, into potholes and they're spraining their ankles and they're banging their heads because they're texting and they're not, they're not watching. I've done that. <laughs> okay. I'll go right there. All right. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> but understand... You know, you can't be reading, literally reading the scriptures every minute of the day. That's my point, okay? It, it's going to get you into trouble. You have to take care of responsibilities. But it, they have to be a part of you. Back to Arlene's question from a very practical perspective. You know, finding the power source, the motivation, the, the big motivation for those folks that she's trying to have, help them have the courage is because those people, their relatives need them. They're, that's the big motivation. But how do you make that big motivation work practically in their everyday life? Because they're still afraid. Right. Because right now, fear overrides the big motivation. So how do you change the balance? And maybe, Arlene, maybe you, you volunteer to go with them. And they tell you that you're courageous and tell them, look, come with me. Let my courage rub off on you. Oh, I love that answer. Because it is the living example of what they look at and say, oh, I could never do that. Well, maybe you can't, but we can do that. Because when somebody's afraid, they need somebody often to go with right. them. And we know that God goes with us. And if somebody else doesn't have that power source, then we can, we can model it. We can teach them like Paul is telling Timothy right, exactly. to teach others. So being the model for others is a way to be courageous and a way to spread courage to others. Oh, 
Love that. So it, it it's all scriptural principle. That's really what it boils down to. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985 for all. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern, 6 to 8 Central, and that means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com, and you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. There you go. All right, let's go back to, to Casting Crowns, another verse from the song Courageous. And again, this is focused on men. This is a message to men as fathers to stand up, to be courageous, to stand for something. And the interesting thing about this song is it's not talking to fathers individually. Well, it is. It's talking to fathers individually, but saying collectively, look, let's do this together. Because that helps to build that enduring strength, that enduring courage. Let's listen to this next verse. Gotta stand. You gotta stand. That's the whole point of courage. And that's how do you do that together? Well, you said that. Well, because what it comes, to, it, it's it's the principle of fellowship. You know, okay. Individually, I can't, but together we can. Anything that we do, for the most part, when it caught, when when there's a need to stand up for something, to do something different, when you have the support of somebody else, mm-hmm. it's a hundred times easier. Okay. And if you have the support of two or three or four or five or six others who are all about the same thing, then you hold each other up. That's what Christianity is supposed to be. Or if you're strong, you you support somebody else. Like well, you were telling Arlene, right. you bring somebody else with you. And, and if you need the strength, you rely on the strength of somebody else to just get you the momentum to get you moving, and then things can happen. Perfect. It, it, and so enduring lifetime of a, a lifetime of courage needs endurance. You just have to develop that. Courage is great in a one-time thing. Mm. But courage is life-changing when it's in, it has endurance. Okay. And not only life-changing for the person with the courage, but life-changing for those around the person with the courage. So, Kath, there's a few other things we want to try to cover here. Isaiah chapter 40, um, you know, the, the in... in Verses in verse twenty nine it says he gives strength to the weary and to him who lacks might he increases power. There's a power source thing kind of going on there. Now let's read Isaiah forty verses thirty and thirty one. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Gaining new strength. Remember, strength and courage have to go together. Okay? They gain new strength. It's great to have strength, but you got to use the strength. And so the strength, it says they will gain new strength because God will give them strength 
to replace their old human strength. And now they will mount up with wings and they will run and not get tired. There's where the courage comes in. How do you gain new strength? Because practically speaking, you go back to what happened to Joshua. And he said, God said to him, immerse yourself in the word. You gain strength by knowing what the objective of your courage is supposed to be. Okay. It reminds me of a scripture in Deuteronomy 11, verse 20. And thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thy gates. And a good friend says, you shall write it on post-its all over your house. (laughs) There you go. So that it's everywhere. It's in front of you and it permeates your being. You know... Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. We've been talking about working together and walking together and gaining courage through fellowship. We, I, I oftentimes with subjects like this ask a lot of our, our, our CQ staffers you know, what they think about courage or what they think about um, how to apply something. So this is from one of our CQ staffers. She wrote back. This is Debbie. So, so Kathy, read, read a couple of things that she wrote out because they, they really put things in perspective in terms of fellowship and working together. Okay, she broke apart the word encourage. Using the prefix N means within, to cause a person or thing to be in. And then discourage Hmm. means using the prefix of dis means apart, asunder, away. It's a reversing force. We know what it means to encourage someone or to discourage someone. This affects their drive or motivating force. What a blessing to know that our words support an example can give someone or help them grab hold of this strength of spirit as we have received strength by the examples of others. So what this is saying is, let me back up and give an introductory statement. Fear is contagious. Fear is contagious. Fear can permeate. Fear changes the way people think and the way people act. Mm -hmm. Courage is also contagious. Mm. And what Debbie is writing here is that we have the ability to make courage be more contagious than fear. That's what she's saying. Together, when you fellowship and you have the same objective, you can rise above things you could not have risen above by yourself. That's just simply the way it is. Um, So it all is based, it's all based on on Scripture. Romans 15.4. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Just like Joshua was told, you've got to immerse yourself. The apostle saying, look, it's all there for you. And it's all there to give you hope. And when you have hope, you have courage. And one last scripture, first, uh, 2 Timothy three sixteen to 17. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. Every good work requires courage. Where do you get it? Through the Word of God, application, and fellowship. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Today we're discussing what does courage look like? Coming up, there is a gnawing, wearing, and exhausting power that destroys courage. Find out what it is and how to fight it next. You're listening to Christian Questions. 
You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject today is, what does courage look like? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we are on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com. All right. So, Kathy, the final segment We've been given the elements. We've been given, God told Joshua, look, there's opportunity that needs to be fulfilled. There's an objective that needs to be fulfilled. I'm going to give you the power source, and I'm going to give you a way to keep that courage in an enduring fashion. So he outlines for Joshua, here's what needs to be done. You're the man, and I'm going to help you. So you think, okay, that's the end. That's the story. That's good. And it is. That's a great story. That's inspirational. You want to go charging out and and conquer the world. What could possibly go wrong? Everything. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, and and this is why God is God and we are here here to serve him. Because he's smart. We're not. And he understands our frailty. And the final aspect of this, and, and you mentioned it at the end of the last segment, there's something that can get in the way. Mm hmm. And what is it? Fear. All right. So we need to learn how to foil fear in this whole process. How do you keep fear subdued and enduring courage sustained? How do you do that? Well, let's go back to Joshua chapter 1. This is verse 9 because God tells Joshua that he understands what fear is all about. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So God has shown him the process, has told him to be very courageous by you know studying and being in the word, in the law. Yes. And then he says, again, be strong and courageous. And then God kind of, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, God's kind of like patting him on the shoulder saying, look, <laughs> I know this is scary. So don't tremble or be dismayed because I am with you. So he's reminding him again. And isn't that like human nature? We need that extra reminder. Yes. So when it says do not tremble and do not be dismayed, what does that actually mean? To dread um, or to harass. Okay. That's the tremble part. So do not be, do not dread what's going to happen. And dismayed is do not be broken down by confusion or fear. So is God acknowledging then that these are very human pitfalls that could happen? And he's telling Joshua, I understand. So yes, he's acknowledging. And because he acknowledges this, he's, he's saying to Joshua, I've got you. And I know that your mind is going to go down the road of fear, of trembling, and of dismay. But understand, I am with you wherever you go. So it's a very clear, powerful lesson. Joshua was told what could distract and destroy his enduring courage. The gnawing, wearing, and exhausting power of fear and the shattering power of darkness. Joshua was also commanded that God could and would utterly defeat these things as long as Joshua stayed focused on the law. And God, the power source. Doing God's things God's way. 
Folks, okay. folks, if you have a thought, now would be the time, 866-985-4255. So how do we foil fear in a, in a practical sense? Um, let's go to another one of our CQ uh, staffers here. Lonnie wrote some things. We're going to reference a couple of things that she wrote about dealing with fear and courage. I think courage is the byproduct of the struggle between fear and faith. When our fears rise up and challenge our faith, a wrestling match takes place in our hearts. Every time faith overcomes fear, courage is cultivated. And I believe that throughout our entire lives, this series of battles is taking place. And with each victory over fear, courage is strengthened and fortified. And whether those victories are seemingly great or small, they all count toward the development of courage. And I think that's just such a, a, a great way of putting it. The, the picture, there's this battle that takes place in your heart. It's, it's, it's faith and fear. And when faith overcomes fear, that's, that gives you the ability to develop that courage. And I love how she shows that it, it's, it builds upon itself so that, and it shows us how God prepares people in the Bible, that they start off with small experiences right. and he, they get bigger as your courage and your strength grows, you're capable of, of facing more. And that's really what our whole life is about, isn't it? Is, is learning how to be capable of facing more and more as, as we go through our lives. I can't help but think of CQ podcasting. Yeah, that's a kind of a scary <laughs> thing when you think about it. And that's growing bigger, bigger, bigger. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but very now, cool. Now, now, one other thing. I want to go back to Arlene's question again. Because okay. Arlene was, you know, talking about these individuals going to see, you know, their, their relatives and, and they're afraid. Mm-hmm. And the, the principle to take here is that God was reminding Joshua, look, I'm going to be with you. Arlene, be with them. Mm. Allay their fears by saying you don't have to do this by yourself. Because that is how you help someone to develop courage. And so there's that principle of fellowship again comes into play where to foil fear, if I have a lot of fears in terms of one area of my life and I, and I confide in you with those fears and now you know it's time for me to face those fears, you're going to be there with me helping me. And that is going to help me to crawl and then learn to walk and then one day I'll be able to run. It makes perfect sense. We do that so naturally with children because we don't expect them to be strong. Right. And yet somehow we expect adults to be strong and to recognize that we all have different strengths and we should treat, you know, help build up, you know, our peers in the same way. So the allaying or the foiling of fear is something that we can take personally, not only for ourselves, but for those around us. And have it as an objective. You know, let's foil the fears of each other if we're willing to trust each other enough to do so. It's really a a beautiful picture of what what God is telling Joshua. That, look, I understand it's scary, but I'm telling you you can do this anyway because I'm with you. Mm. And and so getting out, stepping out in faith. Let's look at an example of stepping out in faith. This is a, a... Great, tremendous example of stepping out in faith and a little bit of fear mixed in as well. Matthew fourteen twenty three to 33. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. 
And in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. So you have Jesus walking on the water, and they're afraid, they see him, and he says, Take courage. Why? Because I, Jesus, am here with you. So he's telling them, It's okay, it's me. Mm. And if I'm here, Jesus speaking, if I'm here, there is nothing that you have to fear. Nothing. So Peter takes him up on that. Let's continue. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's son. So Peter takes him up on it because Jesus said, Take courage. And Peter was that the character type to say, Okay, I will. <laughs> Ask me to come out on the water to you. And so Jesus performs this miracle where Peter is actually doing something that's completely unnatural. He's walking on top of water. Peter is walking towards Jesus, and then he begins to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Fear sets in, and Jesus needs to rescue him and says, Oh, ye of little faith. Now, he started out with great faith, but ended up falling into his fears. Isn't that just like human nature? But I love that Jesus reached out his hand First, yes. before he said, you have little faith. Right. He rescued him. First. Why did you doubt? He's, and after the, and so we're not alone when we're called upon to be courageous. That's really the lesson here. Mm. Let's, let's go back to uh, a couple more lines from what Lonnie was saying about this because she was commenting on these verses. Peter got out of the boat because Jesus called to him and his focus was on his master. Faith won over fear in that moment. And the resulting courage moved Peter to step out of the safety of the boat. But when Peter focused on the storm, the account specifically says he became afraid and he began to sink. When fear overtook his faith, he lost courage. There are two lessons from this account that I try to keep in mind. Number one, if we can keep our focus fixed on Jesus, our faith can have us walking on water, doing things we never thought possible. But if we turn our focus to the storms in our life, we will start to sink. And number two, even when we lose courage, like Peter, Jesus will never let us drown. And that's such an important part of that lesson, is to not be worried when we try hard and we fall and falter. Because if we're trying in the spirit to do things according to righteousness and according to scripture, we're, we're protected. Now, it doesn't mean something bad's not going to happen, but it means it happens within the context of the Lord's will. Let's go to the last verse. Fred, we want to go to the last verse of um, uh, Casting Crowns, uh, this song, Courageous. And again, this is focused on men standing up as fathers and not sitting on the sidelines, but being warriors for their families and how important this is. Love mercy, walk only with 
The only way we'll ever stand is on our knees with lifted hands. So the, 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 it, it's laid out for us. Got a, got a quick message on the app. A listener from Indianapolis who's in New York for the weekend. Didn't miss today's show because your app is so easy to use. And a question for Kathy. Is Rick reasonable? Wait a minute. Is Rick reasonable <laughs> to work with since I've heard he's a staunch researcher and an ultimate prep for the show guy? <laughs> you know what? I I love being here, and it's Rick is the most comfortable person to be with. He holds the standard high, but he is so kind and gracious, and knows how to build people up. And even if I say something really crazy, he fixes it and <laughs> makes it makes it good. So um, there's there's no one. I should okay, say that. Okay, it's easy, easy. Okay, okay, let's finish up, Kath. Let's get focused back on the uh, on the program. <laughs> Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. Final scripture for focusing our courage. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Bottom line of that scripture, find your focus to foil fear and live with courage. There is opportunity, there is objective, there is a power source, there is enduring strength, and then there's fear. Put it all together, look at how God showed Joshua how to overcome fear to be courageous, and folks, we can do the same thing in Christ. Kathy, thanks for sitting in for Jonathan today. Thank you. And folks, listen, it's all about deciding. Fear is a reaction. Courage is a choice. Decide to be courageous. Find your strength in scripture, in fellowship, and go do what must be done. For Kathy and Rick and Christian Questions, we'll be back next week with another subject. But till then, courage is something you have. Use it. Think about it.